Hello and welcome to the Politics Podcast. I'm Norman Bainbridge. Today, we'll be discussing all matters pertaining to government control of the COVID-19 outbreak. I'm joined by Iona Foden. Iona, what are your opinions on what has happened in the last 24 hours? I particularly like the upswing of people pretending to be confused on social media. I find it very satisfying that that many people are prepared to act stupid for the benefit of attention. They are somewhat obtuse, wouldn't you agree? Just a little, yes. You can go out as long as you sit in the park or play rugby with your son. However, you may like to go to work if your work can be made safe. Hey, all right, how's it going? I'm here now. Who was that guy? And I just saw them leaving. Strange, hairy little creature. Mm. I'm Dougie Rankin. Welcome to the Truck and Driver podcast. And I'm a hair fever man, Chris Madison. <laughs> Aye, so we're recording this on Monday, the night after the government did a um, big update on the coronavirus situation. Um, they devolved the governments, decided to do what they wanted and things. We're not going to turn this into the, the uh, politics podcast, you know, that would be silly. But um, I, I was rather surprised by people as well. There's people going, you know, how are people in construction and manufacturing supposed to go back to work? And I'm like, they never stopped. And there was a thing as well saying people who work in logistics and in manufacturing should go back to work. And I'm like, they've never stopped. I will say, you know, it, it was something where you have to read into it. You know, you have to, what he was talking about, you, you have to interpret it and say, yes, there's some personal responsibility there. Um, mm. The country needs to get back to work and get moving, and we're all going to have to learn to live with this virus. And what you should realise is that all these truck, <laughs> all these truck drivers, all these warehouse staff, all these uh, people involved in the supply chain have all been at work for the past few months, and have they started dropping like flies with the virus? No, they haven't. No, because people have stayed safe. So things need to start winding up in some ways. Mm. Um, so yeah, the one thing I didn't agree with was he said you can now drive to go and do exercise, which I, I fear that the Lake District and Cornwall and rural Yorkshire is going to be swarmed with people at the weekends now, which is going to potentially cause issues in places where you get a lot of people together. But you know, well, I'm well placed to let you know next week if that happens because I live in rural Yorkshire, and in particular, I'd like to come and wonder about in our bit of rural Yorkshire, it seems. So I should be ready. Oh, there's going to so. there's going to be plenty of the plenty of them out and out and about. But you know, people it, it comes into you know the economy can't afford to be we stopped and things. It's um, there's uh, a lot of there's a lot of people sitting there waiting. You know, I want to sit at home until the situation is the same as in New Zealand, which is never going to be. I've got I've got my doubt. Who's to say if it's definitely going to be right or wrong? I think they've made some. Um, it's up to them to make the choices. I think they've made some right ones and some wrong ones, so we'll just have to see. We shall. But we have to get back out there and get on because <clears throat> we're going to be living with this thing for a while, so we've just got to learn to live with it and be clean and tidy and not be daubing each other in phlegm and touching door handles and licking our hands and poking each other in the eye. Don't share air with anybody, dodgy, and um, don't lick your hands when you're out. It's not a big ask by government, is it, to no. ask? Ask the proletariat to wash your hands a bit and not breathe on each other. I think if they're going to imprison everybody that comes into the country now, finally, that's going to help as well. Although, oddly, not from France. It's only air travel. Um, mm. I mean, popping yeah, from France and, and, yeah, that's, and that's, the Ritz. 
the horse is bolted with that one anyway. You know, they should have like shut the borders, blah, 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 and all that. It is now week eight of um, working from home. I um, yeah, I've got fitful periods of productivity and a lot of procrastination and sitting about the place. And because uh, I did, I have paint. I did paint the entire lower half of one of my Cavaliers and fitted the exhaust and the sump to it and did all this work on the driveway and kept me busy. It was quite nice. And that all went well. And I made a video. I'm now a YouTuber um, and I've now got over 20 subscribers, which was quite, I quite enjoyed making that. I made a little video of messing about with the Cavalier and getting the phone started. I'm just like, my motivation for the next two weeks is do what needs to be done in relation to, to, in relation to that. And that's as far as my motivation goes, really. I watched you hooning about in the yard in the field this afternoon. It was it was great, yeah, because I went out to, well, my Foden has been sitting at the yard at rocks off gravel for two months without being started, so the batteries were so flat that we tried to charge them um, using the sort of quick charge thing, and it didn't do enough, so I took them off and charged them mm. for two days at home, and then I thought, I'll make a little video about it. And it was quite emotive getting back in it, because it's got that unique smelt it and the inside of it and it was just nice to sit in the driving seat in the sun it fired up and sounded fantastic because new trucks sound like washing machines full of spanners and that thing sounds seven and a half tonners most of them don't they that was rubbish so i started yeah. out and drove it around the yard so <laughs> felt quite good about it uh, so the, the, there was a thing the day the rha are kicking off saying the dvsa have failed the industry which they absolutely have well out of order for just stopping doing all the tests and making no effort to go back anytime soon. Mm. Are they, was it, obviously, they'll, would their employees be furloughed? Are they just paid by the state so it doesn't matter? Um, tricky, that one. Know. Civil servants, furloughed, I don't know. Um, I, would, I would have thought they would have been... Why would they have a problem with going back? The, MOT well, the, amount of, uh, the amount of roadside pulling operations they've got running up here north at the minute probably means everybody that should be doing tests is out in a bloody van because on a Facebook page called Tang Spy, another one, Rosa Watch, it would appear that Weatherby, Scotch Corner, Immingham, Doncaster, they're open daily. So yeah. usually it's, you know... What are, sort they, of, what are they playing at? You know, is get get back mm. in and get MOT because they vetoed garages like dealerships being able to do MOTs as well. And there's no reason for them to do that because why would the dealership at any point put themselves in risks? Because that makes them liable. Mm. If they're firing things out the door that aren't spot on, then that's going to come yeah. back and they're directly going to be responsible for it. So what? Oh, just you know, that was good. So I was thinking, you know, because I would like to get an MOT in the food because um, I had an idea for another video. I want to do. I want to do some video stuff now. I'm quite quite motivated by that but I don't want to do a video of uh, lorry driver goes and does lorry driving work but I was watching a video on YouTube and this is well worth a look it's called Vice Grip Garage it's a guy from Minneapolis and he goes and drags cars out of yards and fields that have been sitting for 30 years and gets them running and he's really entertaining really deadpan delivery and things and I thought Stuart Oliver down at Hexham has got his dad's Cavalier CD sitting in a hedge where it's been since 2003. It's been off the road longer than it was ever on the road. And I thought, I could go and get a flatbed, get the Foden, drive down there, pick up this Cavalier, take it back to my yard, and then have all sorts of fun um, trying to get it to start after 17 years. I think that would be an absolutely ripping, fun thing to do, provided I could get an MOT in my truck again, which I probably won't. Uh, I could get some trade plates, I suppose, just screw it, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Well, I'm out of test now as well. I'm a renegade. I'm loving it. You know, the buzz is mm. is immense. It's the most exciting thing that's happened for eight weeks. <laughs> I'm now cavorting about with that MOT as of um, about 10 days ago. Oh, very erotic. I might take to crime. See how it goes. Yeah, I tell you, it was nice to get, it was nice to use that manual gearbox again in the Foden as well because I haven't driven I haven't driven a manual in anger like for work for quite a while now. I've only just driven that. Yeah. What I'd noticed this week was there were two Scania V8s had thrown the clutch or the thrust bearing, um, four hundred thousand kilometres on them, and apparently it's a common fault with these. Um, mm. And I'd, 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 I'd had a discussion with somebody who disagrees with my liking of manuals a while ago. And he said, you know, the technology in these automatics, they are as reliable as a manual. And I'm like, I'm like sorry, but by definition, they are not. There's more mm. stuff to go on. You can't wake up in the morning and a sensor has gone on your manual gearbox. And you can't drive it. If things fail on a no. manual, you can jam it into gear and make it force it to do what you want it to do. In she goes. Mm. Apparently, it's down to power mode, though. Now, the Scania's have got power mode. And which you, power which you, mode. You really don't need it in a V8, but that, it makes the gear changes mm. really, like, bangs them up the gearbox. And mm. That's what causes it. And I'm surprised that a lot of that many Scania's have got that still um, working. Mm. I would probably get it switched off, but... Uh, mm. All you should say to the Scania man is, single-player clutch, ZF gearbox, one and a half million clicks. Same clutch, same gearbox. Mm. <sighs> uh, I mean, a lot of it comes down to automatics. People don't switch the, um, don't take it out of gear when it's sitting at junctions. They don't take it out of gear when they're changing trailers. They just leave it in all the time, and trucks obviously don't like that at all. Well, while I'm yeah. on Scania's, we've got some uh, podcast feedback. Because people say nice things. I get more feedback about the podcast than I do the issue these days. Graham Bellman got in touch, who works for Travis Perkins. He was listening to podcast number seven, and we've mentioned the Travis Perkins fleet a few times. And I'm like, oh, 90s, yeah. Yeah, and it, we mentioned why Travis Perkins had them. And he said mm. he, uh, he was the fleet director for Travis Perkins, having been there over 20 years. And he says that the reason that they had those 65-plate top lines was a deal for about 200 trucks. They canvassed the driver's views, ran fuel trials, looked at dealer backup, and pound for pound, the Scania won. Uh, and they operated them from six sites on a three-year deal, with the biggest being Warrington and Northampton, with about 55 in each. Mm. Interestingly, they reckoned that at the two main sites, they could use four by two trucks due to the gross weight never going anywhere near 44 tonnes. But the residual value is much stronger on a 6x2, and there was not a noticeable difference in the lease and running costs. Uh, they've since replaced those trucks with next-generation Scania's and got a 10% fuel uplift, again after a trial of three main brands, uh, which was replaced in November 2018. The trucks are well-suited, the drivers love them, and obviously they're getting a, a fuel saving with that. And he says, love the podcast, keep it up if I can be of any help moving forward. I've owned a Leyland Marathon, yeah, Leyland Marathon, ERF, A-Series, Volvo F10, FL10, and he's just bought a P-Reg flat roof FH12, which is definitely, those version ones are definitely an emerging classic. And so, mm -hmm. He said, a 3,500 strong fleet of which 1,300 are crane trucks, um, 1,000 operating centers, geez, oh. They keep the crane trucks eight to 10 years, but Arctic's three years in distribution work. 
the Arctics are operated by DHL, but we issue the kit to them, but it's their drivers. So there you go. That's the story as to why Travis Perkins had some rather nice R490 Scania top lines. Mm-hmm. I thought that was good. That feedback, people actually listen to this. <laughs> actually, I thought that was that was good to know. So, aye, what else has been happening? Well, I tell you, um, this is like week eight now. I get random phrases of being highly motivated and getting a lot of stuff done, and then I'll sit and procrastinate for a whole evening and get nothing done or something. So, like you know, I took a random, a, a random uh, little uh, period of excitement earlier when I um, went and bought some flash floor cleaner, which is tropical scented, and I mopped all the floors in the house. <laughs> that was like uh, quite a highlight, you know. But um, uh, I live in a block of floor, and I tell you, well. I've got to be honest, like, the people who live in the other three houses um, are having more fun than me. What can I say? Thin uh, walls. Either thin walls or old houses and things. And, uh, yeah, um, yeah, they were having a lot of they were having a lot of fun this afternoon. Something was buzzing at some point, and then my cats looked quite concerned at what the noises that were coming through for them. I've got to say, you know, fair play, you know, it's, but... Yeah, no, never felt so. It's probably a malfunctioning uh, freestanding air conditioning unit, and she was shouting, "Oh my god, oh my god!" It's the third time it's broken down this week. That's what it'll yeah. be. I think. I mm. think. Mm-hmm, I think so. Yeah. Good. Oh, ridiculous! <laughs> We've got some fairly attractive neighbours either side here as well, but they never make a sound ever. So I don't know what that means. And I've had my. Uh, Paper cup to the wall, a time or two, especially on the right. No, but it's uh, it's 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 a silent and respectful terrace. Tell you what, the weather's been absolutely lovely for me. I have been good to be outside a lot because I painted the car, and what I did last week as well was I unbelievably very nearly got sunburned because um, I sat, I took the laptop outside because it was warm, and then I went and um, I went and wrote up the Stralis for the next issue of the magazine. So I did about 2,000 words on that, sitting in exactly the same position in the sun. So the whole right side of me is now more tanned from left, from head to foot. Like I was nearly like, um, very nearly burnt, and I've got a proper vest tan, which I thought was impressive for right at the start of May. It's like a driver's arm, but yeah, driver's told. arm done in a wagon without a door on, so it's driver's right-hand side, complete body. Uh, basically, I. <laughs> ah, different. <laughs> hmm. I've, um, I've, I've had a, um, a big grown-up letter today from Revenue and Customers suggesting that I ought to apply for some money for self-employment income support. And um, they want me to check if I'm eligible by filling in the code on this letter and my national insurance number, which you they've should be, You me. should be eligible for yeah, that. My, yeah. my accountant was well, the today. Yeah, well, the point about this is they've sent me a letter to find out if I'm eligible, asking me to input my national insurance number and my special UTR code. Now, they've got my national insurance number and the UTR code because they've sent it, so surely the buggers must know whether or not I'm eligible. Yeah, well, if they knew you were eligible or not, then you you might not be bothered to claim it, so they're not going to give you it automatically, so not be a bit Well, yeah, but you'd have to be you'd have to be a complete end, wouldn't you, not to wow. claim loss of earnings for three months. Yeah. Anyway, there we go, so that's, um, that's one letter that came today in a brown envelope which made me smile. Now, the other letter that came, and I opened it under 20 minutes ago, made me very cross. It's oh. come from the DVSA, mm-hmm. addressed to Madison's of Handforth. 
Mm, not Humforth, Madisons of Hantforth. Now, the DVSA apparently are the chaps who issue oil licenses, but you have to wonder. Now, I've been reported for an excessively smoky vehicle. Have you? Yes. On who the by? 16, well, by the mystery reporter of smoky vehicles in Killingham near Dock. Now, there's an ongoing. Is that, just a, nim- is that just a NIMBY? Is that just like uh, somebody yeah, who's sitting watching trucks? That's some numpty that's in. Uh, North Killingham on a road called East Alton Road. Now, you go halfway on East Alton Road and then you turn into Lancaster Approach where Volvo Construction Tackle is and there's um, mm. summer scales, haulage and all sorts on there, right? You can go past there and you come to a sign that says HGV's turn right because East Alton Village is seven and a half to right, fine. So you turn right, you run on the back of the big Lindsay Oil Refinery to get to our dock at Killingham, yeah. which I did. Now, this woman lives on there. She's bought a house. She's got ponies. She didn't like trucks. She particularly didn't like mine because it's noisy. So she managed to track me down and send me a Facebook messenger pestering saying, one of your drivers insists on driving past my property. I'd like you to stop him. So I went, yes, yes, I'll, I'll have a word. Anyway, um, I got a message off her this, yeah, this morning saying, You'll be pleased to hear your driver has heeded and he's not been past my property since we spoke. Right. Oh, and this tonight, has got some mileage in it. This, oh, oh, yeah. I like this. Oh. And tonight I get home to an anonymous tip-off on a dirty vehicle hotline there from the DVSA asking me to respond and then saying, although you don't have to. So I'm not going to. However, I'm going to respond in person in Killingham very soon. Your truck's not and even that smoky, though. It's not smoky at all stupid wench so it's one of these um erroneous bullshit i'm going to do something about this evil trucker imagine an evil trucker going to docks my god oh, did, oh, did you see uh, ridiculous if she thinks your truck's smoking that you really do need oh. to give you a loan of mine for a week and see what she makes of that oh. <laughs> and even if you want it to smoke it's not going to smoke on a completely flat lincolnshire road is it i mean it's no it's not even even like that, no, I mean, not even mine. Mine only smokes when you change up the gears. Once it's actually sitting at a steady speed, there's nothing comes out of it. It's only that puff of smoke you get mm. each time you change up. Oh, yeah. Pro- It'll smoke proper. sitting outside her house. Proper, right? She's the kind of woman, you know. Jetbrick. If, if the kids, no, if the kids kicked a, a football in her garden, she would put a knife into it. Mm. Oh, aye. You got, we had it, um, I've had it, had it before. I phoning up and um, and a lot of the time it's okay we'll have a look at the dash cam footage and things and then they're, they're in a rage and then they, you get back to them and go you do know you're completely in the wrong here and it's like you were mm. sitting down 45 miles an hour in the middle lane of a motorway with no traffic around you so what did you expect uh, there was another one at the M8 one day where it branches off into um, it goes the outside you can drive in the outside lane in the truck basically because the other lane's branching yeah. off phoned up, your truck was driving in the outside lane of this motorway, and, like, and you can see the overhead gantries and the dash cam image where it's branching off, and it's like, how stupid are you? <laughs> you know, it's... Yeah. How's my driving? Dial 0800, go get stuffed. <laughs> Basically. Seems reasonable. I mean, I'm I'm a great believer now you've converted me to technology, and I've got that dash cam in, I've... Uh, Best thing that you ever made me do. Well, apart from that other thing you made me do, but mm. yeah. <clears throat> it's it's great. Cause it, it is insurance. I thought really I don't have time or inclination to be faffing about with the dash cam, but it's not to faff with, is it? You turn it on, 
on a no, format it once a fortnight and get rid of all the rubbish. The next time anybody wants to ram raid me on a roundabout in Sheffield, we're ready. We're ready. I found my dash cam again. I was raking for, hmm. what was I was looking for? Nail, nail clippers of all things. And I went through my um, my Veco hold all I take, put all my stuff in. And I had all the stuff in it for the last time I drove a, the truck, which, well, I did that shift in the daft for Pollocks. But uh, when I was out in Australia the last time, I found, um, found my dash cam sitting in there, unused since March. It was quite weird writing that up because it was just before everything went mental. But mm. we're thinking that. <coughs> Sorry, I'm just joking no, no. on Rioka. Da- Daft did contact me today uh, and say, when would you be wanting that CF that you wanted before? Because I was going to take that Daft CF on just before all the COVID stuff went crazy. And I was yeah. thinking, well, actually, maybe um, I could go and take it out in June, maybe, and go and do something with it. Provided um, things have picked up all right, that could be all right. Going over a run on it. Volvo, I've got an FH, an FM, and an FMX sitting there as well. So, might be a possibility to get one of one of them out at some point. Certainly, think of a date who's uh, employment for an FH. Mm. Mm. The new the one as well, CF. because it's a new one, and they're not going to be about for a while because production's all slowed down and everything. So, be a very rare truck. Be interesting. Yeah. Be good to get. That'd be lovely to get a looking about and and see what that's like. Yeah, um, but I'm thinking I might go. I might be able to go back out in June and do something. I need to go. I need to go out and do some things. I know Scotland said um, that you know you must stay home and everything at the moment. Then it's different for uh, between Scotland and England. So I don't know. Yeah, but if Boris had said you must stay home, she'd have said you can go out now. Yeah, probably. I should have just right. been you know trying to be different, trying to be different mm-hmm. and breed division. Really, that's the game there. All right. Uh, I could be doing with that. That would be something to look forward to. It's just everything now is waiting till first uh, of June, basically, to see what happens next. So, what's your current status? What's your current status on uh, on convoy? Is everything still? It's still on for the moment. Still, like still ganging on. Yeah, it's it's still on, and then I guess. It's just a matter of knowing that it's still on at the moment, and then we'll probably see mm. what happens at the end of this month and what way figures are going one way or another. I think it'll be. For, I, I'm not entirely convinced it will be on, but you know you've got to prepare for it in the hope that it is. You know, there's Peterborough is supposed to happen the week after it, um, mm. and I, I'm a bit um, dubious about the mega events. I mean, I don't know if I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know about mega events or that because if nothing's on all summer and then suddenly you've got a few events turning up like that, you would get 100,000 people through the door at um, a truck mm-hmm. fest event because it was um, it's nothing else, or convoy in the park because nothing else had been on all summer. So that's, you know, you'd be, it'd be almost like the little regional events where it's just lorry drivers and there's no members of the public there, you know. You'd have more of a chance with a few guys parking up in a field somewhere and having their own little event, I think. But yeah. we'll see. You know, we, nobody knows what's going to happen, and nobody knows for sure if these are the right choices. If the government's been too, if they've been too relaxed with things, if they should have done tougher, we don't. 
we don't know. We're not the same as any other countries. So you've just got to, you've just mm. got to go and uh, just it, it all, a lot of it comes into personal responsibility. You have to be, stay as safe as possible. What this has proven as well is there's a lot of people that don't need to commute to work anymore. You know, they don't need to mm. be in offices. Be like, mm. How many people drink live in places like Swindon and Reading and all these places along the M4 corridor that have to go and do these mega commutes into London every day to go into offices? And simply, it's been proven that loads of people simply don't need to go and do it. Yeah. So sort of office culture needs to end, which would be a good thing for the environment because it's taken loads of unnecessary cars off. Yeah. There's another aspect to all this that's come out locally. Um, no names of anybody, obviously, but talking to a chap that I know in business the other day, he has a contact that he deals with extensively and he employs about 180 people in his firm and he's had almost half of those is at 80 odd furloughed for mm. six weeks and he's he's come to realize that his firm is operating at full capacity quite successfully mm. minus 80 bodies and he says really what the hell have i been doing for the last 12 years <laughs> why am i paying these people and he says i'm not suggesting that all those that are furloughed at the minute i wouldn't have back he says because some of them should be in, and some of these that are in should be out he says but it's shown me that I can operate this business successfully with nearly half the staff. And mm. if he's seen that, a lot more firms on the country have realised how much dead wood they're carrying now because of this. And it's, you uh, know, I don't want to go back to work because it, it might not be safe. And all this, uh, I get yourselves back to work if you can. I yeah, really would. A mate of mine works for a, a big unionised company and um, doing like warehousing, and they, um, they furloughed a lot of workers and other guys in there were saying, you know, they're like, no, no, don't go into work, don't go into work. And my mate's single, lives on his own, so he can go into work. And he's like, no, I want the full pay. I'm not at risk with anybody. I'm going to do it. They're like, no, no, I stay on the furlough. Don't he work? And they're all, now they're on the furlough, they don't want to go back. You know, they're wanting to hang it out. Yeah. Because they're in very, very good paying conditions. And what that company mm-hmm. realises as well is that, you know, there are these unionised workers that they've got there, um, they they don't you know they they complain about everything and they don't want to get a lot of stuff done, and they, they would jump at the opportunity to go and like carve that workforce up if they could. Um, a lot will. I, everything has a cost. You know every benefit that you th- you know you get has a cost, and I think the long term cost might be that your job's not going to be there when you go back unless you want to be back and you're chewing at the bit to get on. Just well, saying. The thing is, it's easy for me to say I don't have a job though, but. Big companies like that would jump at the opportunity to lay off the staff and then get temporary workers in with no benefits, no yeah. pension, no anything at all. Yeah. It would save them a fortune. Um, mm. And, and I, 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 I'm concerned that this is, that some of these mm. guys that are sitting off, like right there and there and then, and are going to go and walk right into it. We're going to walk yeah. into the trap for that, unfortunately. Straight in. I mean, I'm, I'm the same. I, you know, I seriously think that that's going to be an issue. Um, there's going to be a massive rationalisation of labour, definitely, because they're not stupid. They're going to see an opportunity and they're going to snap like a big Venus flytrap. So you want to make sure, if you can, that you're on the right side of that one. I've got Growing up advice from the idiots. My God, whatever next. <laughs> i got to ask today, are you, are you furloughed? And I'm like, how the hell could I be furloughed? Yeah. <laughs> There's nobody else to do truck and driver apart from me. Uh-huh. So no, I have not been... Although I did volunteer for it and they said no. <laughs> I'm lucky, not. I suppose. Our turnover's horrendous at the minute, but at least it's turning over. 
if I'm just um, I'm just paying the rent on the yard and everything else and just ticking over, which is yeah. a lot better than paying the rent on the yard and not ticking over. But yeah. mm-hmm. we're so not going to be uh, we're not going to be breaking any records this spring. I'll tell you. No, I wonder how I would have been getting on if I had gone out as an owner driver and I was still running about in that food and. Hmm. Who's to say? Because I would have been at it for well over a year by that point. But my accountant, I said earlier, my accountant did contact me today because I am still nominally self-employed for when I go out and do uh, the odd bit of lorry driving and things and car mechanic work for work for people. And uh, she was like, "You may be eligible to claim all this stuff." And I'm like, "No, I don't. I don't want to claim it. I've got a full-time job anyway." So she said, "Okay, yeah. that was absolutely fine." But I need to get my tax return and see if I am. Um, can get my liabilities down because I got hammered that heavily with tax with everything and higher rate mm-hmm. national insurance um, earlier on in the year. So I'll have to go and go and check or check all that out as well. I'm not going to be going on any holidays this year. I don't think until later on. So I might as well attempt to go and drive. June, July, August, September. I'll do one week in the month, each month driving. Let's see if I can manage that. A good bonus in between driving to Denmark. Yeah, we've got a week in Abbasock planned at the end of August, so we'll see if we're going to go sit in a field. Abbasock in North Wales is marvellous. Yeah. Gorgeous spot. And I just usually go with some friends in their boat and we just go and sit on a beach and play in his boat and go bothering mackerel. Marvellous week, but we'll see. Yeah. It'll be the time the kids have been away because obviously shameful caravanning has been put on the back burner this year, so... Um, I've, I've taken them nowhere, really. But mm-hmm. well, uh, a, a friend of mine on Facebook had said um, he'd noticed um, that caravans, the price of caravans had gone up. Like there were people selling scrap for a premium because people are aware that you're not going to be able to go abroad on holiday anywhere this year. So mm-hmm. you're going to get loads of people who've never towed a vehicle, wouldn't have the slightest clue about caravans or anything to do with it, that are going to attempt to go caravanning this summer. So it's going mm-hmm. to be carnage on the roads. Well, as long as it's <laughs> not passed the test since 97, there are. 97, I, well, that's when I, I passed yeah. my test in April 1997 because I was one of the young ones in my school year. So I never got B plus E on my licence. You know, that's uh, it's 24 years now since you passed your test if you've got trailers on there. But uh, you're going to get so many people, I think, are going to go out and purchase crap caravans and then attempt to tow them places and go and crash them. I've Last four or five years, it's got summer. it's got really busy over here. Really busy. There's a, a caravan club sites and stuff are booked up January for a year, pretty mm. much, because they allow people to book everything and then cancel it seventy two hours before they go without getting chinned. Mm. Caravan and camping club take half up front and half when you go, so that don't happen so much with them. But it's really busy because a terrorist job. Everybody were frightened to you know when they were storming hotels in Sharmel Sheikh and all that sort of nonsense that were going mm. on people started to think hang about so it's already become a bit stay at home anyway so mm-hmm. what you've just said on top of that it might be uh maybe quite rammed out i might take the food out or on this summer and take it on like a you know i could use it as a set i need a top bunk for it um mm. but i could go and use it as a self-contained sort of just go on holiday with it like robert gasser does with his yara if he just seems to go and bobtail about all over the country on i got buzzed by nobby of the morning did you <laughs> yeah, I was sneaking up the M1 at Meadowall and he was coming south pulling a what was he pulling? box trailer or some sort. And box he, um, he, was, left, right and centre. he was hanging out the window, giving me the big arms. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked up and I thought, I know who that is. And it was. So 
I don't know where he was off, probably home. He was going south anyway. Probably home. I expect to, to see him at Sheffield, didn't he? He seems to have been living in it. If you don't know, that's the uh, Robert's in, uh, truck and driver in this current issue with his story about his YRFs and everything like that. And the, the one I've got, I've allocated two pages to the one he restored in this issue. I'm waiting for the photos for it because it wasn't finished in time for the feature. And I thought, oh, well, you know, I've got a spread on it for the next issue. So actually, I need to go and chase him up and get the pictures for that. Um, which will be which will be nice. I was getting told today as well. Somebody's got an ERF ECX five two five with sixteen speed, and he's also got another one with an eighteen speed Road Ranger. Because I was speaking to Bob Beach, and he said yeah. um, that would it would would you be interested in comparing a five two five Cummins against a modern sort of five hundred ish truck? And I was like, would I? I says you're not getting to do that. Fe- you're not getting to do that feature yourself. I'm coming down to do it as well. Mm. Do some YouTubing. Mm. I thought that would be really. Uh, that would be interesting to see see how that gets on. See one of these blood and thunder five two fives. Obviously, one of those is going to do about half the miles to the gallon that a, a five hundred horsepower Scania or yeah. MAN or DAF's going to do. You know. But oh, we've got that 525 Olympic in our yard pipe tidy link corner, isn't it? Check that out on Saturday. Yeah. What one's that? Yeah. Ferns. Stephen Fern. Is it the lifetime drive? It's a lifetime drive. Yeah, ah. Spanish. Right, that's a Re-imported job. Yeah. Mm. Is it? Oh, yes. Mm. I it, did um, drive one. Remember that one? It was supposed to be the last tag axle, mm. 525. And I took that out because I had the Renault range. Have I talked about this before in the podcast? I suspect I might. Tough if I have, I don't know. Remember that I had the Renault 520 and I came back into the yard with concrete beams on it and there was an identical trailer. So we hooked this ERF ECX 525 badged up on it and we took it out and I said, right, we'll race them up Bell side down to um, Abington and we'll see what one wins. Um, and I took the ERF out to try it and it was fine to drive but I was like I'm not even going to try this the Renault is going to blow that thing a bit like it's, it is good. Mm. but I'm, I'm not sure that was actually a 525 I think it might have been a 400 and something and it had work done to it, um, yeah, I, it under, I was under the impression the 525 had a bigger radiator bigger intercooler and a lot of different mm. stuff compared to the rest of them yeah. perhaps it's yeah, something we'll get in touch and explain this one came back into the country and it had um it had the wrong ECU on it. It was ticking over like a bloody lawnmower. It was up and down. And up and, anyway, uh, they had to get an ECU for it. I think, if I remember, it, it came from the States, 525 ECU, banged on, mm. and then top set. And it's as sweet as a sewing machine. It's a right bus. It is. It just wants my trailer on it on a Saturday, ideally. But I don't think he'll let me out at yard in it because he's like that. <laughs> that <laughs> he might do. Was it a twin split with a road range on one of them? I don't know. I, road, I, don't think you, I don't think you can get a twin split in a 525, can you? I thought, is it not too, powerful, not too powerful? It's a wrong them? It's a wrong team for me. It's Plastic Brigade. I'm not uh, I'm not an aficionado of that side of Sandbatch. <laughs> if he's minded, you ought to come and have a chin wag next time you're passing. He's got some interesting things tucked away up his garden. Oh, well, I'm not sure. When the might road the houses. Time, the next time I might be passing. Well, we'll see. It depends if I can get out to work. I might just yeah. go and I'll make a couple of phone calls tomorrow. If I had at least that in a date in a diary, that would cheer me up because it's something to aim for uh, to be out and go and do yeah. some some driving and get, and get some fresh air and things. Eh? Well, I mean, I've got plenty You'd of opportunity. Uh, I've got plenty of opportunity to go out and get some fresh air. At the moment, I just can't be bothered. <laughs> it's snowing up there. 
It snowed for about two seconds yesterday, three days after I got sun, nearly got sunburnt. Yeah, it's insane. 20, I think 23, 24 down here Saturday afternoon, and then this morning it was hailing, mm. and two, you know, when I toddled out, so Christ. No, I'm still well capable, we of it in, well capable of it in May, you know? Mm. I'm still well capable of it, so. I put my oil skins away for a year, though, and, you know, I got my thongs out for this time of year, so I think I might have is that, is that thongs as in the Australian version of flip-flops are you talking about? You wish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've just made myself sick in my mouth there. Right, your, little, your little pants mm. or your summer footwear? My wee strides. What's your plan for the rest of the week? Um, Missouri. Tomorrow. Missouri, tomorrow that's a good run. Ah, uh, <laughs> Full load of timber for Halifax in the morning, reload Rochdale for the boat. Uh, one jobber tomorrow, but it's a job, I suppose. Um, we're just playing day by day, no idea. It, it just depends on volumes. Mm. If next week, on paper at least, ought to be starting to busy up a bit if Joe Bloggs Engineering's open again. I've got to hope that they're going to let drivers use the toilets. I really cannot... Oh God, I, I don't want hundreds of emails coming in about people not being allowed to use things, you know, and I suspect that's what's going to happen now that I remember that. Great. Oh, that's the price of power, you see. Mm, Being the you're editor, gonna get, you're going to have get, to do... Get I don't get any toilet, toilet, I don't get any toilet harassment. Uh, Nobody has sent me a message about toilets apart from you. Nobody. No, well, I had about five last week and, and things, so I, I hope that they don't all open up and then decide that they can't do that. So I'll, I'll be kicking Get off. Get ready. Mm-hmm. All right, so, uh, yep, I shall catch up with you. I shall catch up with you next week. Hopefully things keep busy for you and hopefully, uh, um, hopefully. everything economy-wise and everything's going to be open up nicely. Mm. Uh, the weather's going to be nice. I'm going to organise a drive on a daft. Uh, my neighbours won't keep me uh, distracted with all sorts of horrendous mm-hmm. rutting noises and um, ah, stay safe thanks for listening to the truck and driver podcast please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode to keep up to date with the latest news 100% for drivers visit truckanddriver.co.uk where you can also subscribe to the print edition of truck and driver magazine which publishes on the last friday of every month the truck and driver podcast is produced by sound rebel to find out more please visit soundrebel.co.uk